The Holy Gospel according to John chapter 14. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word. My Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Well, as Pam mentioned, we're in transition around here. One thing we discovered is that, well, we knew, but the mic of the speakers have to be uh, reversed in terms of their height. Where the pulpit was, the speaker was a little higher, and this one was a little lower, and that had to do with complete coverage in the sanctuary. What I discovered practicing sermons, which occasionally one does, is I was distracted standing right in front of hearing myself talking, and I had no idea how loud I was. So. We'll give it a try from here. And it gives you just a little bit of chance to adjust your seating. Let's talk to a couple of our younger members who said, we don't know which side is ours anymore. We always sit there, but the pulpit's there. Now are we to the Well, work it out, folks. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Way more than one person would ask, perhaps by a child, if you could have one wish Granted, what would it be has answered, and I'm thinking some of you have answered, world peace. Seems unfortunately like a wishful thinking kind of pipe dream, especially on Memorial Day weekend when the graves of those who have died in our wars are decorated with, among other things, the reminder that this world knows very little of peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus says in our reading for today. Is that a wishful thinking kind of pipe dream? Let's dig into that text a little bit and see what we can hear it say about that. As was the case with last week's gospel reading, this text for this sixth Sunday of the Easter season actually in scripture is set, it took place before Easter, on that Thursday, that Maundy Thursday, when Jesus is with his disciples in that upper room, washing their feet, teaching them, Passovering with them, holy communing with them for the first time ever, praying with them, and praying for them, before very soon they will all leave that room to go out into that dark night, the darkness of which will also deepen soon as he is betrayed and abandoned and denied by all of them in one way or another, then arrested 
kangaroo courted, condemned by the crushing but always dubious machinery of church and state holding hands. Together they will see it to it that his hands and feet are nailed to a cross. And scripture is clear that at this point he knows all of that is coming. And it is then that he nevertheless says, my peace, my peace I give to you. Which I think can mean only one of two things. Either, number one, this man is delusional. Or, and I opt for, number two, he's teaching us that in this world anyway, where darkness is not just the darkness of nighttime, but also the darkness of souls and the darkness of sin. Whatever in the world this piece of his is, it is not a free pass to a carefree walk in the park. For the peace that he gives in this world anyway is not found in the absence of things difficult or even deadly, but rather in the presence of... Well, listen to that first part of our reading again. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them as will the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will teach you everything and remind you, even when it's dark, remind you of all that I have said to you and all that I have promised you. Do you hear? In this world, anyway, the, price, the peace Christ gives is not found in the absence of struggle, but in the presence of God and God's love. Love which God's Spirit will ever be there reminding you is with you always. It bears repeating. The peace of Christ in this world anyway is not defined by the absence of evil but by the presence of love. Back to the text. My peace I give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives to you. Okay, so here's one of those moments appreciated by our English majors and grammar geeks. Uh, the rest of you, I mean, hang on, it's not a terribly long moment. But here's one of those moments, if you like grammar at all, I think you might like, I do not give to you, sometimes the small words are the big words, I do not give to you as the world gives. In the original Greek, and I'm not an English major, but it seems the same way in English. That word as is grammatically, anyway, a bit ambiguous, which I think turns out to be kind of fun. Because in its ambiguity, it can perfectly accurately be understood in two different ways, which I think it's meant to be. The first way. I do not give to you as the world gives, reminds us that Jesus doesn't give in the same way in which the world gives, which is pretty obvious given the fact that the world, when it gives, so very often does so conditionally. And not just by wanting something back in return, but actually to come out ahead, right? To win in the exchange. Whereas when Jesus says he's going to give you something, 
He just gives you something. Unconditionally and free of charge. As in not, scratch my back and I'll scratch yours, but scratch my back. Brutalize my back and my brow too. And I will give you my hands and my feet to pierce as well. Jesus does not give as the world gives, for he does not give in the same way the world gives. For his M.O., it turns out, is not the coercive or duplicitous art of some kind of deal which gets me the most I can from you, but rather the compassionate art of grace as I give all I can for you. It bears repeating. Jesus does not give as the world gives because when Jesus gives, he actually gives. Which takes to the second way, grammatically speaking, in which Jesus does not give as the world gives, and that is because the peace that Jesus gives is not the same thing as the faux peace, the fake peace, the not peace at all that the world is way too often dishing out when it uses the word. For his peace, unlike either the Pax Romana in Caesar's time of his time, or even for that matter, the Pax Americana promised by politicians in our time, is not, is not ever either advanced or defended with arms races or threats or coercion or bullying or bluster so that on my side can win over yours, but rather with love and mercy and compassionate concern, not for the mere interest of me, but rather for the good of all and the desire to win all over for the sake of love. It bears repeating. Jesus does not give as the world gives because he, what he gives isn't the same thing the world gives. Back to the text. My peace I give to you, he says. And so he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. Do you hear that? In the sin darkness of this world anyway, the peace Jesus gives may not for now mean the absence of frightening things, but it can and it does even now mean the absence of frightened fear. A little girl had already been put to bed when a thunder and lightning event started to move in and mom went upstairs to peek in on her little one just before she got there she heard a shriek which sounded like a scream and she stepped quickly and opened the door only to see her daughter standing on top of the bed and smiling toward the window and when now came another light flash from outside mom heard the sound again but realized it wasn't a scream at all but it was a shriek of delight and then another flash of light and squeal of delight. And mom said, sweetie, what are you doing? And she said, I'm smiling and trying to look as pretty as I can because God keeps taking my picture. <laughs> well, and to be clear, there are times, Friday evening around here was one of them, when wisdom and wise parents, wise parents do advise that one goes to the basement rather than staring at windows. 
But the story makes its point nevertheless. The peace Jesus gives may not for now mean the absence of fearful things, but it can and does, even when it storms, mean the absence of fearful fear. Because the peace of God rests in the presence of God. God whose love is more powerful than the fearful power of absolutely anything in this world. But my goodness, there's even more. I went to see my dear mother-in-law this week to give her a hand with something. Um, when I got there, she wasn't in her apartment. She was with a group of folks um, down in the main lounge with Oak Knoll's musical therapist. And they were singing together. When I found them, they were, I assume, honoring the memory of dearly recently departed Doris Day as they sang together. And I jumped in and sang with them. I mean, you could jump in and sing with me. They were singing, Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. What will be, will be. Now for people of faith, of course, that dear old Doris Day song is not something we hold to be entirely true. Right? For our second reading for today, not from John's Gospel, the fourth book of the New Testament, but from John's Revelation, the final book of the whole Bible, in that fourth lesson, we are, second lesson, we're given the gift of a future that is ours to see. Not every detail of the future, of course, nor every detail that some read John's Revelation and try literally to squeeze from it, but we are given a future precisely to see, as John, in times back then that I want to tell you were way fearful for the faithful, was given the powerful vision to see and then to give to the faithful what is true for the future in light of the cross and of Easter. And so I saw, he says, a new heaven and a new earth, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, and I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb, and the nations, John says, and oh my Lord, may it be so. By God, says John, it will be so. In that day, that future day, in that future place, which who knows may even turn out to be this place, but born again, the nations, all of them, will at last walk by the light of the Lamb. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory not to their castles, or their white houses, or their red squares, to be heaped upon themselves for the glory of themselves, but will rather bring their glory with their all to him, to his glory. And the gates in this city, the gates in this city's four border walls will be open all 
day, which means in this case actually all the time. For in this place, John says, there will never more ever be any night. Remember, night can be a time of day thing, but it can also be a condition of the soul thing. But in this city, says John, there will be no night. For in this city, there will ever be a light outshining, either the stormy lightning or the sun. And the light will be the light of Jesus. And nations and peoples there, oh, sweet Jesus, all of them will at long last walk ever and only in his light. And there will be in this new heaven and earth peace. Which of course means, my goodness, the 24-hour news channels then are going to have to be, have nothing but good news to talk about. What are they going to do? Well, get new staff and rewrite their mission statements, presumably. Because finally, John writes, giving us more of the future that is ours to see, the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the city, and on either side of the river, which means available to everybody, there is no wrong side of this river, for on either side of this river swollen, not like the Iowa, but swollen with grace. On this, either side of this Rio Grande, this grandest river ever, is the tree of life. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And as for things dark, not with the darkness of a beautiful sky, or the beautiful darkness of another's skin, darker than mine, but rather the darkness of sin, things not of God, things our 24-hour news channels never stop streaming into our ears and into our eyes and trying into our souls. Well, that darkness, sin's darkness, let's be clear, that includes my sin's darkness, thank God won't find a home in this city. For in John's words, nothing accursed, which is to say nothing hateful, nothing foul, nothing damnably dark, will be found there anymore or ever again. For the throne of the Lamb of God will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and none will be wearing caps with the names of their teams, or their sides, or their prides, or their prejudices on their foreheads. No, in this place, the name on all foreheads and on all hearts will be the name of Jesus. And there will be no more darkness of sin's night, for the Lord God will be their light forever and ever. In other words, what? In other words, that peace which Christ gives as a gift to his own, even now, even when it is dark, is not something only for now 
but is rather a glimpse of that time when and that place where Easter will be not for a day or a season, but for forever. So, so sisters and brothers in Christ, the final future is yours to see. For you know how the greatest story ever told ends, and no disrespect intended, but let's be clear, the greatest story ever told is surely not the dark story of a game of thrones and who will sit on an iron throne for the greatest story ever told is the story of the throne and the one, the one who is light and whose spirit is with you and whose love surrounds you and whose peace is given to you and who sits on that throne already now and forever. So, so even as we, on this Memorial Day, we can think of those we know who are gathered around that throne, but we're here. So let no, not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be afraid. Rather, in faith and fearlessly, walk in this world as a child of the light. Because I know you've noticed, you can't help but notice, it's dark out. And the world, the world God loves, needs the light, which is why God gave the world Jesus, which is why Jesus gave the world his church. Sisters and brothers, what will be, will be, that is true. But so is this. What will be is the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Until then, our call is to be what will be by walking in the light of Christ and being the love of Christ even and precisely now for the healing of the nations and of the world and of you. And as you walk as a child of the light, Remember the gift you've been given. Peace be with you. <laughs>